This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 170 with Shannon Jamail. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 170. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Fear, anxiety, negative thinking, imposter syndrome. Does this sound like you? Shannon Jamail has been there herself, feeling like an imposter, worrying she will be found out and that she is not enough. She has felt that fear and let it hold her back and also let it push her forward. She has struggled with anxiety and let it debilitate her in the past. She has experienced obstacles that she herself created and cultivated a life around negative thoughts and stories. Joyful, authentic, purpose-driven, real. This is where you will find Shannon now, an imperfect wannabe hippie yogi that sometimes curses too much. Simple and basic, but pointed and raw in her teaching, Shannon makes mistakes, likes to have fun, drinks wine, and knows that in order to be present, she has to be authentically herself. And only in that authenticity can she experience real purpose and joy. Drawing from her own personal life experiences and the privilege of working with thousands of others who have embarked on similar journeys, Shannon has the tools that she needs to effectively help women through her coaching, counseling, workshops, programs, and retreats. I was delighted to get Shannon on the show. I met her recently at a podcast conference. We ended up sitting next to each other and I share the story in this interview, so I won't dive into it here, but it was just another one of those situations where like you sit down next to the person you're supposed to meet and that you just have to meet that day. And so we had a great conversation. We ended up having lunch together and I got her on the show and we had a fantastic time chatting. We could have talked for much longer than we did and I'll be doing her show in a few weeks, her podcast is called Happy Hour with Dee and Shannon. So she does that with a co-host named Dee, and they're just a great dynamic duo. I was really excited to have Shannon on because I wanted to have her talk about her philosophy that she shared with me upon our first time meeting of love over fear. I love this. It's like the backbone of everything that she does. And I think it's amazing. And it's really powerful given what some of her experiences have been. I know you will enjoy and appreciate that. So this is a really enlightening conversation about love, fear, the power of surrendering. And I know you're going to enjoy spending time with Shannon as much as I did. So listening to hear Shannon share why she's uprooting her family, embracing homeschooling and embarking on tiny living all things she never, ever, ever thought she would do, why she has chosen love over fear and the impact it has had on her life, how she overcame her crippling fear of flying, the power of reprogramming your thoughts and your words, and the truth about surrender and ease and how they are connected to self-doubt and confidence. So this was a great conversation 
powerful information, a few good laughs. I know you're going to love it. You might want to take some notes. You might want to listen more than once. And I hope you will connect with Shannon after the show. She is offering some really cool things. Um, She has really cool retreats coming up and which I totally want to attend myself. So maybe I'll see you at one of them. But uh, I'm really excited to share this interview with you. So let's go ahead and dive in with Shannon Jamail. Shannon Jamail, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here today. I am so excited to be here. And you're going to totally laugh, but like you're popping my podcast cherry. <gasps> I've never been a guest. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> you're going to be great. I can't believe we didn't, we didn't even talk about this before I hit record. So now you're like totally on the spot. Yeah. No, no. I'm excited for it. Why not jump in like just all the way in without even letting you know ahead of time? Totally. Totally. And I love that you have your own show, but you've never been on someone else's show. So I know you're comfortable behind the mic. I am. I'm really comfortable behind the mic, but I'm way more comfortable when I'm like asking the questions. So even though I'm not really nervous, there is this like little excited butterfly, like, oh crap. Oh, and I don't even know if I can curse on your show because I'm kind of a cursor and I forgot to ask that. (laughs) You can say the nice curse words. Crap is fine. Okay. I'm (laughs) glad we clarified that because my show doesn't always have the nice words. Because of the way I have mine listed, if you drop F-bombs, I don't care, but we just will bleep them. So... (laughs) So everyone will know. They'll be like, what was that bleep? (laughs) I'll work on it. I'll make sure I try not to Perfect. Well, and that's my favorite part of your bio, by the way, is that you're the wannabe hippie yogi who sometimes swears too much. (laughs) So I can relate (laughs) to that. I want to be like totally self-actualized, but also drop a lot of (laughs) F-bombs. You know, it's so funny because you'll find anything to justify, right? Anything. So, you know, I've, of course, because the F word is like one of my favorite words other than food. It's like, look for things or I find things that are like, those that curse are way more intelligent than those that don't, you know, you just the bull crap that you find out there and you're like, it justifies my curse. That's the same as the articles that are like drinking wine before bed helps you lose weight. And you're like, yes, I can always always find exactly the research I need to support my habits. So so let's go ahead and talk. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about your life behind your bio. So what is going on in your personal and professional life right now? And what are you most excited about? You know, when you asked this, I totally got so jazzed because I have not shared this with anyone, not even on my own show about what I'm most excited about right now. I know. And so this is like a big time deal for us because my husband and I, you know, we've started businesses and sold businesses and, you know, we're like the serial entrepreneurs and I've been now in the health and wellness arena, mental health specifically for about six years, six or seven years. And one of the things from the very beginning that I've wanted to do is open up my own retreat center. And we've run into obstacles and we've gone here and there. And it's just been like banging our heads up against the walls and the different places that we've tried to purchase land or tried to build out what we're wanting to build out. Anyway, long story short, that whole thing is to tell you that we now have a for sure three-year plan in place that also includes us like living in our RV for at least a year and just minimalizing and just really doing such a 180 that if you really like knew me, you'd be like, are you kidding? Like you're going to do what? But we're super stoked about it. And so that is um, so so Yeah. So we're stoked that we've got a plan in place. I know. So in six months, we're going to be purchasing the land and then we will, you know, slowly be building out the retreat center part of it. And then we will live in our RV for at least a year as we build out our homestead on the land as well. And so it's going to be a journey and an adventure, but like for some reason, we're both super, super stoked about it. That is so cool. And actually a perfect segue into my next question, because I usually know this in advance, but I don't know your kid's situation except for that you have four. So are they part of this whole move? (laughs) Two of the four will be for sure. My oldest is 22. He's married, just got out of the Air Force and, you know, lives in Texas. My 15-year-old, our goal is that we start this when she graduates from high school and she goes off to college. She has no desire to live in an RV or move where we plan to move. We plan to move just outside of Austin and she doesn't want to leave the state of California. And so 
that's her goal. And we'll see that could change. It could be three kids. My youngest two are seven and six and they will obviously still be with us. And they're pretty excited because we'll be homeschooling. And during that year, we're not going to just be on the property. We're going to actually travel. And I mean, girl, you just don't know what a 180 this is. Homeschool to me, like before I would have like hidden a closet somewhere and thought and like hit myself in the head with anything that I could find. <laughs> but we're really embracing this. Now, come back in about a year and a half and ask me how it's going. And I may be in a mental hospital. Don't know. But right now we're super stoked and we're like making small moves towards that way. So yeah, we'll have at least two of the kids with us. Oh my gosh. This is like all the things that give me anxiety. So first of all, homeschooling. And I've actually, (laughs) I've done a couple interviews with people who homeschool and I feel like I have like such a different perspective than I did a couple of years ago. And I really, really admire people who do it. I still don't ever want to do it though. And also tiny living, like I watch HG tiny houses or HGTV tiny Mm -hmm. houses. And I'm like, wow, that's so cool. But again, never want to do that. (laughs) So I love that you're like living out like everything that makes me so terrified. (laughs) So cool. (laughs) You know what though? Truthfully, two or three years ago, I would have honestly, honestly said the same thing. But you know, as we all grow and develop and change and expand into whatever being we're going to be, you know, until we finally leave this earth. I'm just evolving into this different person that I feel like the more stuff I have, the more anxiety it actually gives me. So minimalizing is really bringing me peace and comfort. And not that I want to live in a small space forever. Like those tiny homes I think are amazing. And I probably, like I said, could do this for a year to a year and a half. I don't think I could live in that way. Even if it was just my husband and I, I don't think I could live that way forever, but I don't know. We'll see. And homeschooling to me has always been like a laughing matter. Like, ha, I'm going to homeschool. Uh, no, that's not going to, I have a hard time even doing homework with my kids. I'm just being <laughs> honest. However, I do, I do think that, you know, it's your mindset, right? I know what my end result is, what my, our end goal is. And if my husband and I, you know, we continue this excited path and we plan for it, prepare for it, maybe not, maybe we just jump into it. I'm totally just going with it then I just feel like the mindset will make all the difference. Now, I think also to your kids well, right? Certain personalities, certain just development levels. Like there's so many different things that could go into that. And then your capabilities and your personality. So, you know, we may get halfway into it and I go, okay, this wasn't a good idea. And I'm okay with that too. And surrendering to whatever the next option is. But right now, today, before I drink my glass of wine, I'm still excited about doing it. And so we're just going to go for it. But I feel you. My point is I feel you because this was not always my language (laughs) at all. So cool. And oh my gosh, you just touched on so many things I want to talk about. So I love that you just mentioned surrender because we're going to talk about that in a minute. But before we go to surrender, we have to talk about, I'll share with our listeners that we met at Podcast Movement, a conference for podcasters like a month ago. I've lost track of time, but not very long ago. Me too. And, yeah, not and too long. So cool. So cool. This is always the power of like when you sit down in an event, you randomly sit next to a person and it's never random. Like you're always sitting next to the people that you need to meet. So I sat down next yes. to Shannon and I took a picture of a slide during one of the presentations and she wanted a copy of the picture. She didn't quite get it in time, I think. And so she goes, can you send that to me? And I said, sure. And then you grab my phone I said, here, what's your phone number? <laughs> the phone and you airdropped it. And I was like, whoa, what is that? I've never seen airdrop before. <laughs> and that's how we met. <laughs> I was totally blown away by airdrop. I, I came it. home. I was like telling my husband, did you know about this thing called airdrop? <laughs> so it's a very cool iPhone picture. <laughs> Probably not new. <laughs> But we ended up going to lunch together that day. And one of the things you said at lunch, just in like casual conversation, you made reference to love over fear and living like that your mission is love over fear and that that's what you really embrace and that's how you live. And I was like, okay, I need to find out about this woman and get her on my podcast. Like that was a big trigger for me. And I'm hearing you talk right now about, like I said, all these things that would make me very fearful, tiny living, homeschooling, like uprooting your whole life, moving states. So talk about love over fear and how that plays a role in your life. Yeah, it didn't always, again, it didn't always, my background as far as personal, my personal, not what I've done in my life, my personal background is I've really struggled with anxiety and fear a little bit. I wouldn't say depression, but sadness and just constantly in this state of, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, something's going wrong. Something is wrong. What's wrong? Just, it's just a constant worrying state. And it's exhausting. It's an exhausting place to be. And 
I really had to like sit down with myself and say, what am I going to do to change this? It was one of the reasons why, gosh, I guess it's 10 years ago now, I went into a master's program into mental health was to kind of figure out how the brain works and why am I stuck in this space and not everybody else is stuck in this space and how can I maybe move out of this space or embrace it? And that's really what I found was the best way for me to quote unquote heal myself from anxiety or fear is to embrace it and find the way that I can choose love in all things, you know, because a lot of times anxiety is triggered by defensiveness or old wounds or held on anger, or there's a lot of different emotions that contributes to anxiety or worry or fear. And so by choosing love, which I know this sounds so like elementary and, you know, it's bigger than the way I'm making it sound, but by choosing love in all aspects of my life, even if that sometimes means be silent or sometimes means step back or sometimes means tune within, but by choosing the most loving way to either respond or participate, it literally has, I don't like to say heal, but it has just transformed my struggles my place that I was before. Does that make sense? Or did I just ramble? I've never had to explain it like that. (laughs) That totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. And I think it comes down to mindset shifts. And sometimes I think when you go through a major mindset shift, it's hard to explain it, first of all. But my next question is about something that you got from one side to the other of. But when you're on the other side of it, you're like, yeah, like you just do this. You just choose love. And when, <laughs> when people are listening and they're filled with fear, you're like, what? But that's, tr- I know. that's tr- it takes a lot of work and it takes practice over time. And I love like, I think that's so cool that you went back and you got your master's. I think so much of transformation comes from us learning about ourselves. And once you learn certain things about yourself, then like they can't be triggers anymore or they can't be like, you won't be afraid of them anymore. And I think that you just hit a really key point when it comes to like, you just choose love or you just do this, is being able to tune within. As a society or a culture, we don't want it to be silent. We don't want to tune within. We're actually more afraid of ourselves than we are of anything else. I mean, we just are. And so for you to be able to slow it down and tune within and just to kind of take a breath and just figure out what your trigger is. Be curious. That's my biggest thing that I teach when I'm working with clients one-on-one is let's get curious about what is happening right now. Don't just numb it. Don't just do whatever you normally do, whatever coping mechanisms you've come up with in the past, whether it's TV, whether it's alcohol, whether it's, and don't get me wrong, girl, I like a good glass of wine anytime, but whatever it is, like, don't just numb it out. You know, let's get curious about it. And then once you get curious about it, maybe we can figure out the source. And then once we figure out the source, maybe we can figure out how we can choose love. And so that's kind of the path. And in a little bit more detail is like, let's tune within, let's get curious, let's figure out the source. And then maybe how can we choose love, which will shift the whole trajectory of where it's going to go next time. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, it's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. 
This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. That makes so much sense. And actually, I read your blog post about your fear of flying and it resonated with me because I have a similar fear of heights, but I'm not afraid of flying, which is weird that I'm cool with flying, but not cool with heights because you would think they would be the same, but they're not, they're not for whatever reason. But they're not. They're actually not. Yeah. It's so weird. And I read your blog post about how paralyzing flying was for you and how you basically had to like drug and drink yourself into flying and share a little bit about where you started and where you're at now and how you were able to change that context of fear in your life. Because I cannot imagine doing that in relationship to heights. And I was reading your blog post thinking, yeah. Like, what do I need to do to be okay going on the Ferris wheel with my kid and not like want to have diarrhea? <laughs> okay. Well, first let's think about whatever it is that we're trying to overcome. I hate using that word, but we're trying to overcome fear of flying, fear of heights, whatever. First, before we want to overcome it, let's make sure that really is a priority because it takes energy, right? It takes energy to change our mindset. It takes energy to, you know, again, I don't like using this word, but overcome fear. And so if you really like it is a goal of yours is to get into height challenged situations, then let's attack that. But if it really isn't a goal, it's not going to affect your lifestyle. It's not going to affect your ability. And I'm saying this general terms, I'm speaking to you, but this is to anybody. It's not going to affect your way of living joyously. Let's not spend that energy on that. Let's just release that totally release it. Let's just not allow it to affect our thoughts whatsoever. However, for me, flying, it was something that I needed in my life. I travel all over the country and internationally. And to have this debilitating fear, it just was so overpowering and sickening that up to the flight, during the flight, it would just be like, this is ridiculous. Like I felt like I was shaving years of my life off based upon how incredibly stressed out I was because of this flying thing. <laughs> and so that's the reason why I chose to attack it. But there are still a few things in my life that I'm fearful of. I just choose not to spend the energy or time on it because it doesn't affect my life in any way that would affect my joyous living. Uh, hopefully that makes sense. That, now, that totally makes did sense. it make sense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. As far as flying, so I also want to say too, if there's something that you're afraid of and that you're wanting to move past and take a different path in that situation, it's going to take time. Like it was typically not overnight that you all of a sudden became fearful of something. It could be, there are some triggers that could happen in that situation. That would be more of a trauma therapy based approach I think would need to happen. But if it was something that like you can't remember when you weren't afraid of something or, you know, maybe it was just a gradual thing that you didn't notice as much. And then all of a sudden you did notice, but it was there before it's going to take time too to change it. Right. It's not going to be like, Oh, I'm going to just say this affirmation or do this hypnotherapy or 
take a, you know, meditation pill and I'm going to be good to go. Like it's a process. And for me, the flying thing, you know, I said six months, but I really think it was like almost like eight months. And there was some work involved. Today, so that was, you know, reading my blog post that I literally would take, this is not like, I'm totally, talk about shame. I'm totally (laughs) ashamed to admit it, but I would take like Valium and lots of alcohol in order to like just literally pour into the seat, which is so not healthy for anybody, right? Because if that plain word, something were to happen, like I'm not only not useful, but like I'm now going to endanger someone because they're going to have to like physically carry me off the plane. But anyway, so I would like pour into the seat at no worries whatsoever at that point. Like if the plane was going to crash at that point, I would just be like probably laughing and singing and dancing on the way down because I was that like out of it. And then, you know, I had to time it. So I had, you you know, all these formulas and approaches to do it. And if for some reason something went off, it would just mess everything up. But my point was like, I just wanted to like completely numb out to it. Today, when I fly, I don't take anything. I may have a glass of wine, but it has nothing to do with the fear. It's just because I'm sitting in an airport and I want to have a glass of wine. And I can get on a plane today beforehand and get on a plane without any fear. I can fly without any fear. I will be honest. The only thing that will get me is if there's some really bad turbulence or if somebody gets on the overhead, which did happen recently. And it was like, you know, we're having a problem with this plane. So we're going to have to land quite soon, like now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad you guys are testing out my process here. But (laughs) that's the only time. (laughs) Yeah. That just recently happened, actually. That's the only time, though, that I will like the little like old tentacles will start to come up like, ah, it's really, really bumpy. Or what did they just say over the intercom? You know, like the tentacles will come up, but you know, I just continue to embrace my mantra and continue to breathe through it and, you know, focus on the training that I've done up to that point. And I, you know, there's some steps to it. It's not fancy, but there's steps to it, but it does take time. And it includes a complete reprogramming of how you view something and how you can view it differently. It's like you said, it's a mindset shift, but there are some steps that you could do that include, you know, affirmations and certain, it's almost like hypnotherapy, but not quite as well as just embracing what your goal is by overcoming something, especially something that's fear-based. That's all very helpful and insightful and it makes a lot of sense. And actually I've talked a little bit about a little bit on the show about some of my long-term issues with sleep. And I went to see a naturopath who does like behavioral therapy for sleep. And this was a few years ago. And she talked to me about like, how long have you had sleeping problems? And I was like, oh, since I was like eight. So she's like, okay, so for 30 years, for 30 years, you have programmed yourself to be an insomniac. So of course you have problems with sleep because you had been programming habits and routines around this and around like, and like you said, like giving energy to it. Oh my gosh. I gave so much energy to insomnia and anxiety Mm -hmm. around it. And so she's like, you have to reprogram your behavior around sleeping and your thoughts around sleeping and the way that your mind works during the night. And like, there was all this stuff and everything she said was so spot on. And I didn't realize that I had trained myself into insomnia and probably because of some trauma I experienced as a little girl, that that really was like the trigger for me into it. And I became acutely aware of a lot of things in my life around that time, around eight years old. And she was like, I can't, I'm trying to remember the wording she said. She was like, so why do you have this hypervigilance about you? And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Driving <laughs> home, I was like, oh my gosh, I am like totally hypervigilant about the weirdest things. And I have been my whole life and I didn't even know. Mm. So there was all this programming around it. So it was really, really interesting. And I think that when you're looking at something like flying or anything that, you know, for people that do it regularly, when it's something where there's a routine around it and it's repeated a lot over time, you get into these routines and systems and it's really hard to break free of them. And so, you know, going to sleep obviously happens every day, but for you, if flying was the thing that happened on a very routine basis, of course you had habits around that, that just like you had a cycle that you could not break. And so of course that's totally. going to time. And you know, you mentioned when you talk about a complete reprogramming, you know, other than this stuff that, you know, that's so new age, it's really not new age, but everybody's getting into like the affirmations and meditation, which was part of my reprogramming, but it really is the thoughts and the words around it. So for instance, I would always talk about how afraid I was to fly. Well, that just, again, is solidifying how afraid I am to fly. I would also always talk about 
oh my gosh, I'm going to go flying, you know, tomorrow or next week. And I hope that plane doesn't crash and I hope the weather's good and, you know, whatever. And then after a flight, I would joke around and, you know, I'm thinking it's joking, but I would joke around about how awful it was and how much wine I had to drink. And, you know, so my language around it, my thoughts around it was all fear-based. And so when you change that, when you can start with that, even if you don't quite believe it, right? Even if you don't quite believe it, just change your words anyway, because your mind is still listening. So I changed my words first. You know, I changed my words. The thoughts would still pop up, but I would force almost because you can't have two thoughts at the same time. It's, it's literally impossible. They're super, super quick, like super, super quick but you can't have two at the same time. So if my brain automatically started going, oh, this plane's going to crash, I'd be like, I love flying. I love to fly so that I can get to do what I love, you know, whatever. I can't wait to get to Hawaii. I am so excited, you know, whatever it is, you replace it with what works for you. But I would immediately, even if I wasn't quite feeling that way at first, like I would just immediately replace that thought. But yes, thoughts and language absolutely affect your programming in everything. Hey mamas, just wanted to pop in and talk to you about our sponsor today, Kind Bars. You all know I love Kind Bars. I've talked about them a lot on the show. I wanted to actually give you a little tip for desserts and Kind Bars. So sometimes after dinner or after lunch, you want something sweet. Sometimes it can be hard to monitor portion around that. So like if you have ice cream or cookies or something, you just want to keep going back for more. Using bars that are sweet in nature is a great way to curb your sweet tooth for other things during the day or after meals, especially in the evening. So instead of turning to dessert in the evening, have a bar or half of a Kind Bar. This is the perfect solution, especially if you have either the caramel one or one of the dark chocolate options. You just cut the bar in half if you want and have half the bar and that can curb your sweet tooth appetite. Or you might want to have the whole bar, totally fine as well. But the great thing is you are having that bar or that half of a bar at much fewer calories and a lot less junk than a traditional big dessert. So that is my plug for Kind Bars this week. Use them for your sweets. Use them for your treats. They're really, really appropriate for that. If you want to get 10 free Kind Bars sent to your door for free, except for shipping, so you get the 10 bars, no charge. You just pay a few dollars for shipping. Go to kindsnacks.com slash shameless. That's kind, K-I-N-D, snacks.com slash shameless to get 10 bars shipped to your door today. Once you order that shipment, you will also be eligible for the Kind Snacks Club, where you can get regular shipments of bars to your house. So you can always have these little dessert supplements on hand. So brilliant, right? Go ahead and order your kind snacks today by going to kindsnacks.com forward slash shameless. And now back to the show. I love that. And Marie Forleo talks about so similar to what you just said. So you just said you can't think two thoughts at the same time. She said, if you're giving negative energy to something, so I've talked about this in relationship to running. If I'm running and all I'm thinking about is that like, this sucks and this is hard and I hate this, there's no way that I can actually <laughs> be thinking, this is great and I'm getting stronger and I'm powerful and I'm brave. Like you can't be having those two experiences totally. simultaneously. So you have to choose what you're giving energy to. And so I, a couple of years ago, I was going through some struggles with running and had to like do some reframing because I realized that I had been like so negative the whole time I was running. And then I couldn't figure out why I hated running. Something I loved for years and years and years, couldn't figure out why I hated it so much because all I was doing was like complaining in my head the whole entire time I was running. And so I had to stop myself. And every time I would start to think like, oh, this feels hard or it's taking too long. I had to be like, you're strong, you're powerful. You know, you're proving your capability today. And like, and I had to do it like over and over and over and catch myself over and over. But you're right. Those little words in your head matter so much. And you have to be very conscientious of flipping them because a lot of times you do repeat things so frequently that your thoughts or your words in your head are subconscious. And so you have to be extremely conscientious if you're trying to reprogram and retrain how you think about things and how you say things in your head. Girl, you and I must have been on the same path because I, like you, I ran in high school and then even in junior college. And then I became to a place that I hated it. And I couldn't figure that out either. I couldn't figure out why, why do I hate running? And same thing, because the whole time I was running, I said how much I hated running and when is this over? And oh my gosh, this sucks. And I'm just running to that street there or whatever may be the case. And so it's freaky that you said that because I went through the same thing where I had to be like, okay, no, no, no. This is something you can do anywhere, anytime. You are not going to lose this because of how you're thinking about it. 
And so I did the same thing. I started changing my verbiage in my head and in my mouth too. Because I would even tell people like, I would grow off some, a shirt was for sale that said running sucks. I'd be like, oh, that's my shirt. What? You know, so... <laughs> What was happening? Like, what was happening? And so, yeah, we have so much power over, you know, how we're feeling and what's happening in our life just by the thoughts and the words that we choose. We do. Talk about surrendering. So you mentioned it super quickly earlier, but I definitely want to, and you could even talk about it in reference to your upcoming life transition if you want. But I know that you are all about surrendering and trusting the universe. And being a little bit of a type A person, that seems hard and that requires a lot of like a lot of reprogramming basically <laughs> and a lot of conscientious thought around like, I'm going to let go and just see what happens versus like, I'm going to control and micromanage everything in my life. So talk to us a little bit about trust and surrendering and maybe especially for type A people. How can we do that more? Yeah. 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 So this is me. This is like surrender is my word right now. It is just everything I am and everything I do, I want to surrender in it. And then I want to trust that it's going to be okay. The end result is going to be okay because it always is. No matter what happens, it always is. And then align myself and choose love. Like if I had to outline who I am, that would be it. It's like surrender, trust, align, and then choose love. I was thinking about this because I was listening to your podcast the other day. And the one that you just, I think, recently released, The Five Surprises of Motherhood. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned in there about the schedule with your newborn when your son was a newborn. I don't know if you remember that part. <laughs> yes. Why was he not on a schedule after he was one week old? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you probably like birthed him and then said, okay, it's time to sleep. And so yes, I just I laughed. <laughs> I just I laughed. Totally did. But I don't know if you remember, you talked about how you really tried to force it and then you realized, okay, this isn't working. I'm just going to give up. And, you know, you kind of just let it be. And then I'm sure once you released it, once you just surrendered, like the universe just aligned with whatever was supposed to happen regardless, right? And oh, so man. it's kind of... <laughs> Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's always the easy way at all, right. but the other way, the way you were going at first, which is force and control and resistance. Whenever we use that, whenever we have that momentum, all we're doing is going to continue that. It's going to persist, right? Whatever we resist persists. And so the more you force, the more you control, the less control you actually have. Like it's just going to be harder and harder and harder. So yeah, even though it didn't necessarily feel good because he probably didn't jump onto a schedule right away. And if he even jumped on a schedule at six months, girlfriend, you were winning because six <laughs> months was not my mark for any of my four kids. But the point is, is that had you continued and maybe you did, I don't know, but if any of us continue to force, like it's just, we're really forcing something to happen and not with this, Oh, excited energy of, you know, momentum where we're like working hard to accomplish a goal. That's not it. I'm talking about force. Like this has to happen. You know what I mean? Like this needs to happen. Whenever we do that, all we're going to do is continue to create more resistance. Always. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where-are-my-keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're aiming more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? 
And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. And so it took me a while to really look at that. And then I started kind of testing myself, like, I'm going to release this huge thing. You know, an example is, it's probably been about eight or nine years, maybe 10 years ago. My husband and I both, we both left our corporate jobs and we went into be self-employed. And we had, you know, a nice big savings account when we left our corporate jobs. We moved states so that we could, you know, focus on our business. And, you know, a year and a half or maybe two years into it, we were like, Oh crap. Like we were out of money. We were on the brink of bankruptcy and you know, we've been working hard on our goals and it just was not happening. And I remember we were sitting in church and you know, we tithe every month and this isn't about tithing or church or any of that, but it's just the story of it. And we're sitting there and I was like, you know what, maybe I told my husband, maybe we should stop tithing because we were tithing a pretty good amount and we need that right now. Like we're literally going to lose our house. And I remember my husband saying, you know what? No, we're not going to stop tithing. As a matter of fact, we're going to increase our tithe. We're going to put our tithe at 10% of what we want to earn, even though we're not earning that now. And we're just going to go forward, you know, trusting that it's going to happen. And I remember when he did that, I had this like shift inside of me of just surrendering. Like, so what if we lose our house? You know, so what? So what if we have to go get another corporate job. So what if, if like everything fell apart, like I still trust that the end result is going to be in our best interest. Even if that means that we had to grow painfully through this, there's something happening. There's some shifts happening. There's some expansions happening during this painful process. Needless to say, when I did that, like literally when I felt this huge shift and I just surrendered it, I'm not kidding you within like three or four months, both of our businesses skyrocketed. You know, we couldn't, and I'm not just saying this, like we couldn't keep up with the business. We continued to increase our tithing. And, you know, it just was this huge, like universal shift that happened inside of me. And so that's happened a few times, not just financially in a few other areas where when I've let go of that control, like, oh my God, this has to happen. This needs to happen. I've got to do this, this, you have to do this. And why didn't this line up? And the more I surrender and I'm not there yet, like I'm not there yet. I'm still the mom that's screaming at her kids to get their homework done and pick up their crap off the floor. Like I am. But the more I surrender, the more ease I have. And whenever you're in a place of ease, the more things that you want are attracted to you. And I know that sounds very woohoo. And so a lot of people have a hard time embracing that, but it has consistently proved itself to me. And so I don't know if that helps with the type A mentality that you were asking about, but to me, it's more of a universal picture of how it works. And it's more like, what do you want to feel? Do you want to feel ease? You know, do you want to feel ease and allow things to come to you? Or do you want to constantly be in this state of control? And yeah, maybe the details might line up, but does it feel good in the process? Like, I don't know. If it feels good in the process, then we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. But sometimes the details are just not important, you know, like, I don't know. That's so interesting. That makes me think of, so when you talk about things with ease, of expecting things to happen with ease and creating space for things to happen with ease. And like you said, letting go and all those things, it makes me think of confidence, like building confidence that everything's going to be okay. And I have the skills that I need and like everything that I need is within me. So everything will be just fine, regardless of what that looks like, regardless of if I have to, we have to go to houses or I have to go get another job or whatever. And it reminds me of when I was pregnant with my son and I, we went to go eat with my financial planner and he said, he said, okay, well, we should be talking about your income over the next year. Cause when you're having a baby, like you're obviously going to make less money. And I was like, what? No, that, no. <laughs> and he's like, well, that's just, you know, that's just how it works. And he was a very, very nice guy. Like, and someone I've known for a really long time. And he wasn't at all like trying to be disrespectful or anything, but he was just like, that's just generally how it works. Like your income will go down for that year and then it'll probably go back up and it'll be fine. And I was like, no, no. Like I have built my business so that that's not going to happen. And actually I'm going to make more money this year than I've ever made before. P.S. And he was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And it was really interesting to me that that was like such a no brainer. And then my accountant reached out to me and kind of said the same thing. She's like, I'm just looking at your numbers. And you know, after the baby comes, if you're going to take time off. And I was like, okay, again, but there was this confidence about it with me that I knew in the year, in the time preceding my pregnancy, that 
when we had children, I wanted to be able to stay home and build or run a business from home with a baby underfoot, which turned out to be hell by the way, but I thought it would be awesome. And so I set all these things up to do it that way. <laughs> and I had this level of confidence about it and ease about it that where I was just like, this is just how it's going to be. And it's going to be fine. And I'm going to make more money than last year because every year I make more money than the year before. That's just what I do. And there was no doubt around it. And I think when we're filled with doubt and fear, we don't stretch ourselves in the ways that we often need to. And when we have confidence and ease, like you said, then when you start to see things falling apart, you're like, oh, well, I can just shift in this direction and try this. I, I think we're more open to different things and more confident about our abilities. And that's made a huge difference to me that like, I don't freak out about things the way I used to, because I'm like, oh, well, I just trust that I can figure things out. And that's a lot different than like living out of constant fear and anxiety as I did for all of my youth and much of my young adulthood, because I just have the sense that like, I'm a smart, intelligent, resourceful person and I can figure myself out. And that's, there's a big difference. I love that. Yeah. I love that. It makes me think too of what you were saying on your last show too about, I think your rental house and like your car and flooding and like all these different things. And <laughs> the truth is, is that you could totally get wrapped up into those details and just get mad and overwhelmed and just exhausted trying to control every aspect of it or wishing it didn't happen or, you know, whatever, or you could just surrender to it, align in it, and then take the action that's needed to be taken whatever that looks like, it may look different than what you anticipated. I mean, obviously you didn't anticipate all of those things to happen, but I think what helps too, and this could go for a type or anybody type a, but what is like your ultimate goal? Like your very, very ultimate goal. And so like for me, my very, very like existence goal is to have, you know, a loving connected relationship with my family, right? My husband and my kids. Like if nothing else, if the whole world fell apart, like literally, and who knows these days, but like if the whole <laughs> world fell apart, you know, and it just all fell apart, I could give a crap about my car or my house or which iPhone I have or what kind of shoes I'm wearing or any of that. I just want to know that me and my family are together and connected and they're surrounded in love. Like that's it. So that's my ultimate end of the world. That's my thing. Then whenever I'm really like in a place of just, oh my gosh, I don't know what we're going to do. I look to my goal and I'm like, what will get me to that goal? Right. What's yeah. going to get me to that goal? And it may include losing my house or it may include changing jobs or it may include changing states, whatever it is. But does it matter if ultimately I'm getting close to that goal? You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And that really shifts the perspective. I mean, like you said, letting go of the little things and everything where you're like, oh, a lot of these things don't matter because if the ultimate goal is that like my family's happy and healthy yeah. and connected, then like it really does doesn't matter if like my kid has the healthiest lunch packed every day or whatever. Like I don't have to win in the mommy martyr. Totally. I don't need a trophy and all those things. <laughs> so, Oh yeah. And please note though. I mean, just like anybody, I still get caught up. Like I said, like doing homework with my first grader, I literally want to stab myself in the eye sometimes. And I, <laughs> I have to step back back and breathe through it and go, okay, Shannon. And sometimes I make fun of my own self. Like, what's your ultimate goal? And I'll be like, my ultimate goal is to go in the kitchen <laughs> and grab the bottle of wine and say, I don't care if you do your, you know what I mean? So like, right. I have those moments. And the beauty of it is you just give yourself grace in those moments. And then you pick up where you left off. Like, there's no need to go into battle. Like, oh, I can't believe that I, you know, I'm not surrendering. And well, that just, again, creates more resistance. And so, I just give myself grace, drink the rest of my wine, and then go back at it. Yeah, totally. And then repeat the next day. Do you yes. Work, do you work exclusively with women or with men and women? No, I work exclusively with women. Yeah. What do you love most about your work and how do you want to impact other women? Yeah. So the honest to goodness truth that I love about my work the most is I get to meet so many women from all different cultures, all different socioeconomic groups you know, just from all over and all over the world and just connecting with women that I normally maybe wouldn't have, especially in maybe my past life or whatever, or just trying to understand people and create this oneness has been like this beautiful process. And then also sharing that I'm not alone. You're not alone. Like we're all connected, that whole oneness, like that's just been a beautiful process and how I most want to impact other women. You know, I think at the end of the day, 
I just want women to feel empowered over their own lives, you know, over their own thoughts, their own space, their own energy, like to know that it's not dependent on somebody else's actions or something that happened in the past or something that could happen or, you know, whatever, not to allow other people to steal their joy, however you want to look at it, just for them to feel empowered over themselves. Like they're in control despite what's happening, despite what the politics say, what the president says, what anybody's doing, what their spouse is even doing. Like they're in control and to feel empowered in that. Yes, I totally agree. Tell us how you are a shameless mom. I mean, you've already given us some good <laughs> examples. But, but yeah, I was else? just going to say, <laughs> yeah, I think that those moments I shared and probably my like most shameless mom moments are, you know, at the end of the day where I've had it and I'm like, I don't care if you brush your teeth. I don't care if you have dirty underwear we're on go to bed like I'm done it's time to go to bed I'm gonna love you right now but my love is looking a little different so you just need to go to bed <laughs> that's probably my most and that's usually after traveling and like no you know just it just is what it is or it could just be whatever a day of just oh my goodness it's time for you to go to bed <laughs> so those are probably like my most shameless moments where I'm just like no, no, no. We're not going to talk. We're probably not going to read a book. We're maybe we're going to say our prayers. And the prayer is going to look like this. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to bed. Now get in bed. <laughs> That's so funny. I always am trying to take away things from my son's bedtime routine to make it shorter. And he, he is so much like me. So he needs like every piece of the routine or he'll just like lay in bed and scream. So it doesn't benefit either of us for me to take things away. But, so instead I'm like, what is the shortest book that we have? And what is the shortest song? It turns out row, row, row your boat. Like one reverse of that is like the shortest song in the world. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, if you don't hurry up, we're singing row, row. <laughs> That's his punishment. That's the only song he gets, like one line. <laughs> I love it. Because he likes songs with a lot of verses. <laughs> I love it. I'm not going to lie. One of the best things that's happened is over this summer, all my kids can shower themselves, like completely oh, shower nice. themselves. They get their towel themselves. They shower themselves. They dry off themselves. They put themselves in pajamas. And I know, I know we're all supposed to, you know, I think you even said this in one of your podcasts, we're just supposed to embrace it all and just be so excited about whatever it is. Girl, I'm so happy that they can all <laughs> shower themselves. <laughs> like that was one of the last of the things, you know, like the next one will be feeding themselves, but I'm okay with that because I got to feed myself yeah. anyway. But the shower, was like, oh, thank you. That's a big thing. That's <laughs> a big thing. It's funny. The older Vinny gets, the less we like bother with bathing, which is so weird. Like you would think it'd be the opposite. When he was little, because we didn't know what to do with him in the evening, we gave him a bath every night because we were like, I don't know, what else do we do? And now that he has like interest and he wants to be building Legos or whatever, we're like, how long has it been since the other day? He sat down on my lap like two days ago. And I was like, you kind of stink. And then I was like, I don't even remember the last time you were cleaned and he can't do it himself yet. So it's like, it's a big pain. It's gotten bad. Like that's my current most shameless momming tactic is just not bathing my child. You know what though? Seriously, I was right there before you. And I remember really TMI moment. I'm like going to the bathroom on the toilet and I'm sitting there going, you know, I have to do my own toileting. I have to do my own shower. I have to brush my own teeth and floss my own teeth. I've got to figure out what I'm going to wear. I've got to, you know, all this stuff. Why am I still having to do it for another human being? You know, like, and that's so like selfish and just ugly and just like, what, you know, what are you talking about? You're a mother. Like, that's what you do. I know. It's but I get for, it. But... So. <laughs> so I want you to tell us where can we find you? And you have really cool things that you do with people. So like no shame in promoting yourself here because some people might want to join you for some of your upcoming ventures. Oh gosh, that'd be awesome. So one of my favorite things that I do is I host retreats all around the country and internationally. And so joining me on a retreat is just fabulous. It's three nights, four days. There's yoga, meditation. There's always wine, farm to table, chef prepared meals. And we do a lot of thought transformation workshops. And the connection that I form on these retreats are like life-changing. My podcast partner, as a matter of fact, I met on one of my retreats. So they are just my most favorite thing to do. And usually a great kickstart for someone who's wanting to change how they feel and how they look at their life. So that's probably my most favorite thing to do. I do coaching as well, but I don't do it quite as often as I used to. And I also have like mastermind groups and I have lots of free programs, lots of free programs that you can find on my website at mindbodycomplete.com. But my most favorite thing I think I do out of everything is the retreats. And the retreats you have all over the country and internationally, right? 
Yeah, I do them in California. I do them in Florida. And then I do them in Austin, New York. My brain's going, yeah. So do I think a, that's all I do, do in, the, in the U.S. In a Costa Rica one. Okay, that's what I thought. I was like, did I yeah. remember wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I do one in Costa Rica. And then I'm also doing one in 2019 in Italy. <gasps> so fun. Oh, my gosh. I know. I can't wait. So for any moms who want a really cool, transformative getaway experience, that would be perfect for any of those locations. Or if maybe one of the locations has to happens to be somewhat close to you, if you like happen to already live in California, already live in yes. Florida. So yes, if you happen yes, to already live in Costa Rica, since we are an international yes. show, who knows? <laughs> That's right. You know, uh, yeah. yeah, definitely check out Shannon over at mindbodycomplete.com. And I will make sure that all of the links, anything we mentioned in the show will be over in the show notes. So if you go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 170, you can find Shannon's website and her podcast. So tell us just a little bit about the podcast because I met you and Dee. I did not realize you and Dee had met on one of your retreats, but I met Dee yeah. also at Podcast Movement, and it was so fun to talk to both of you. Yeah, so Dee came to one of my Florida retreats, and we met there, and we just connected, and so we now have a podcast. Her and I used to just have these conversations, really just like figuring out life on how we can always choose love over fear and just even the minute to the big things, and so now we just share those conversations with everyone else as well as guests, and we did it for fun. I think I told you this. And then all of a sudden one day I like logged in and I looked and I was like, oh my gosh, like there's a lot of people listening to us. Like, I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. And it's just kind of cool because it truly is a passion for us. And yeah, we just have a really good time on there. There is a lot of bad words in my show though. So <laughs> Which careful. is sometimes we need that though sometimes. <laughs> it's sometimes right? that's very refreshing. So I appreciate that. And your show is great. I've listened to it since I've been back from podcast movement. I've listened to it a number of times. It's a super, like the conversations are fun, but also like you learn something, which is I think the best yeah, way to spend time. Thanks. So yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for a shameless mommy minute lightning round? Yes. Okay. What is your favorite way to treat yourself? A day at the spa. Nice. What is the current book that you're reading or the last one you read? I'm in love with the subtle art of not giving an F. (gasps) That is such a good book. It's so funny. Uh, I love it. It's so good. I will put that in the show notes as well. It's by Mark Manson. I believe is his last name. Manson. Super Uh super Mm -hmm. funny book. Let me just make a note of that. Yes. There's only so many Fs to give. Totally. You got to choose carefully which ones you're going to get. Choose carefully. (laughs) All right. And what is one morning ritual you cannot live without? Making my bed, but it's followed closely by meditation, but probably making my bed. And who is your biggest inspiration? You know, I get stuck on this, but if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Carl Hung. I always say his name wrong, but yeah, he's a psychoanalytic father of, he's pretty cool. That's funny. Someone else just referenced him the other day and I hadn't heard of him since my days in psych. Is there a particular reason that he's your biggest inspiration? You know, one of his sayings is whatever you resist persists, but he's really into, you know, just a more of a maybe soul infused. It doesn't sound right, but he's psychoanalytical, but there's just a lot more to it than your typical psychology background. He started with Freud, but then they like broke apart and he went in a different direction that didn't have anything to do with like sexual desires or chemistry. And so, you know, he just has this incredible approach to what you're thinking and what you're feeling. Cool. I love it. And if you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be and why? So it's funny because it kind of goes with the book, but just to understand that we only have so many F's to give and so choose mm-hmm. carefully and let the rest go. Totally. Yes. What a great note to end on. (laughs) (laughs) Dannon, thank you so much for being here today. I really, really appreciate you spending time in the Shameless Mom Academy. And I know that you helped people learn new things today and especially things that they can really start applying to their own life in terms of being able to surrender and choose love over fear. So I appreciate all the work that you're doing for women and everything you brought to us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for popping my cherry. And I loved, 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 loved spending this time with you. Yay. Next time you have something you want to share with us, definitely come back. Yes, absolutely. And then I can't wait to have you on the show. So I know. So I'm going to be interviewed on Happy Hour with Shannon and Dee. And so as, that, as soon as that happens, I'll definitely release that to all of our listeners as well. So people can hear all three of us chatting over there. Yay. We'll talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed spending time with Shannon and me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. Please, please share this episode. Here's a quick and simple way to do that. Take a screenshot of this episode 
from your phone. So you'll have the little picture of the episode with Shannon's picture. You take a screenshot, you post it to Instagram or to Facebook, tag me in the picture at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook and on Instagram. I will comment back and send you lots of love and gratitude for sharing the Shameless Mom Academy. This is how we impact more lives, right? So please do share and connect. Please do also connect with Shannon. She gave you some great resources and you can connect with her through her podcast and through her website if you pop over to the show notes. So if you go to shamelessmom.com, click on episode 170, you will see any links mentioned. And I hope you had a great time today and you learned something new. Let me know what you learned. Let me know what you thought of the show. Head over to shamelessmom.com forward slash review and you can leave me a review. I'm getting some really great reviews right now. My gosh, I go over and read them and I'm like, I'm laughing, I'm crying. Like, thank you, thank you. I just can't tell you how meaningful reviews are to me. So again, you can leave a review over at shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That is also where you can subscribe to the show. So if this is your first time listening, you can go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, click on the subscribe button and you will never miss an episode. You will automatically get all of our episodes as soon as they are released. So you'll get immediate access by subscribing. All right. I hope you learned something new. I hope you had a fantastic day and I will see you again for another episode on Monday. We have new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.